Former Justice Minister and Attorney General of Canada David Lametti, a key figure in the invoking of the Emergencies Act in February 2022, has resigned from Parliament last week. A forgotten and resurfaced interview with Dr. Anthony Fauci reveals what he was really after. Hospitals in Canada feel the worker shortage crunch, and pagan religious groups continue to demand worship while attacking historical Christian beliefs. Our goal, as always, is to bring you news, culture, and politics from a distinctly Christian, conservative, and Canadian perspective. It's January 30th. I'm Angie Bartolo. This is Liberty Dispatch News Brief. If you're using MailChimp, HubSpot, or Salesforce for email marketing, CRM and sales, you probably know they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth. That's why we at Liberty Coalition Canada have switched to SalesNexus. SalesNexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or believe. Try it yourself at salesnexus.com and get two users for the price of one with our promo code LIBERTY. That's salesnexus.com. On January 23rd, just last week, Justice Mosley ruled that the Liberal government's invoking of the Emergencies Act was unconstitutional. Within days, people noticed that David Lametti's ex-account had been deleted. As Attorney General of Canada and Justice Minister, he was heavily involved in the invoking of the Emergencies Act and supportive of everything that ensued thereafter. Some were saying that he was hiding in the same bunker as Trudeau when the Prime Minister got fortuitously sick from COVID when the convoy arrived in Ottawa two years ago. It turns out that David Lametti has resigned from Parliament. This is what the post-millennial has to say. Quote, Lametti played a key role in the decision to invoke the Emergencies Act against the trucker protest, pushing to do so early in the confrontation. Lametti backed Finance Minister Christia Freeland's decision to freeze the bank accounts of protesters and even supporters who donated money to the cause. He even compared the Freedom Convoy to a terrorist organization and said it was his job to stop Canadians from advocating pro-Trump politics. At the height of the Freedom Convoy protest, Lametti was texting then-Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino about how many Canadian army tanks it would require to suppress the demonstrators. Close quote. So, you might be wondering, what is Lametti doing now? That's a great question. The Grey Matter podcast broke this story. Faskin Law posted this on X. Honored to welcome Mr. David Lametti, former Justice Minister and Attorney General of Canada, to Faskin as counsel. A dedicated advocate for Indigenous reconciliation, he's also deeply engaged in emerging technology, particularly artificial intelligence. Now, Faskin, if you're wondering, is an international law firm. They have more than 950 lawyers and 10 offices in three continents. Now, why does this matter? This is what the Gray Matter podcast had to say about this. Quote, the firm that represents Canada Post, that's Faskin, in the vaccine mandate lawsuit brought against it by workers put out of work for refusing to take the jab, just hired the justice minister who imposed the mandates and unconstitutionally invoked the Emergencies Act. Do you see a problem? Close quote. So essentially, 
David Lametti was a part of mandates that punished Canadians who wouldn't take the jab. And now he is from, he's gone from being the Attorney General of Canada to counsel for a firm that is representing Canada Post because of the workers who sued Canada Post because they were let go because they wouldn't get the jab. So that's what you can expect from elected officials in Canada. Now, while we're on the topic of the Emergencies Act, Rebel News broke a story alleging that the federal government used fake intelligence to frame the Freedom Convoy as violent extremists. This is from Rebel News. Quote, central to Trudeau's invocation of the act was the alleged threat of right-wing extremism and violence. But new documents that podcaster Jeremy McKenzie obtained through Canada's Freedom of Information Law show that his drastic measures was based on fabricated intelligence. What's more, Canada appears to have shared this disinformation with other members of the Five Eyes Alliance. Five Eyes includes Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand, close quote. Now, this is a, a, a breaking story, and there's, there, there's more coming out, obviously. But what we need to understand is that it was fake intelligence mischaracterizing the convoy that led to the invocation of the act, and this fake information was shared with other nations as well outside of Canada. Now, this, in part, is why several MPs have called on the Emergencies Act Committee to respond to the federal court ruling on the invoking of the act. This is what LifeSite News had to say. On January 24th, six MPs from across the party lines demanded an explanation from Special Joint Committee on the declaration of emergency given the recent federal court ruling that the use of the EA to end the 2022 Freedom Convoy was not justified. Quote, given today's court ruling, Canadians rightly want answers on how the Trudeau government reached the decision to use the Emergencies Act, close quote, the letter read. Now, finally, while we're on the topic, a large convoy in support of the four protesters who've been held in remand for over 700 days, these are known as the Coots Four, this convoy is now heading down to Coots, Alberta. This is a video from Media Bezregan on X. We were just at the Tucker Carlson event in Calgary a couple days ago, and uh, seeing him talk about the four prisoners was really good, and I think that's bringing a lot of people out, raising a lot of awareness. So kind of expected to be bigger than last year's, so... You know, and it was big last year. I think there was 400 vehicles at the convoy. So this one looks like it's going to be even bigger. Did you expect them to be held in remand for this long? Unfortunately, I kind of did. I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in our government or our judicial system. I think we need really big changes. So I'm not shocked that they're punishing these guys. You know, they, they stood up against, you know, the mandates and everything else. And they needed an example, you know. So I think these guys are getting punished for everybody that protested. I think we got a two-tiered justice uh, system in this country. You know, our elites don't seem to ever pay for any of their crimes. I mean, we just saw the emergency act get, you know, talked about in court that it was illegal, it was criminal, how they enacted it. And I doubt we'll see any kind of uh, consequences for that for anybody. Yet the average person, you know, had their bank accounts frozen, had their property seized, got beat up, got pepper sprayed, you know, just for, uh, for using their rights. 
So yeah, I, I think we got two very different systems depending on what kind of person you are. So yeah, that's why we're here protesting today. My last question, uh, have you seen any media so far? Uh, no, you're the first. So yeah, it's good to bump into you. It's good to see somebody covering this, some independent media. I don't know where everybody else is. Uh, I guess they don't, uh, they don't pay them to cover these kind of things. <laughs> Everybody else is probably in the bunker with Trudeau, terrified to deal with everything. You know, that guy raises a really good point regarding making examples of people initially. This is exactly why James Coates and Grace Life Church received what they did, or Tim Stevens, or Aaron Rock, or Jacob Rayom. Why it is that it was such a strong, heavy-handed response in part, they were trying to scare anyone else from not complying and from actually standing against the mandates. And the thinking was, if we make a severe example of a few small people at the beginning, that'll shut down any dissent. Now, obviously, they failed to accomplish their mission in tota, but they succeeded in making many people afraid and compliant. This, by the way, is why we cannot, as Solzhenitsyn says, live by lies. This is why we have to stand firm on principle and pay the cost, because if we all cower and if we all bend to the tyranny, then they will use it against us and say, you see, everyone's behaving and will silence dissent and you will not create steel and spines and you will not encourage boldness. You won't light that flame under other people as well. So it's a reminder that even when the heavy hand of tyranny is upon you, you need to be bold. You need to stand firm on principle, and even if they're making an example out of you, that's okay. It will encourage others. Your boldness will encourage others to be faithful and to stand firm as well. Let's move on. A newly resurfaced interview with Dr. Anthony Fauci, who we know is the former high priest of COVIDism, shows that more than protection, what they were really after was a spirit-crushing compliance. Once people feel empowered and protected legally, you are going to have schools, universities, and colleges that are going to say, you want to come to this college, buddy? You're going to get vaccinated. It's been proven that when you make it difficult for people in their lives, they lose their ideological bull**** and they get vaccinated. So once we incentivize people to punish those for exercising their religious conscience beliefs. And once we say to them, you will be protected by us, not protected like the jabs and the masks, not, not fake protection, but real protection. Once we really protect you from lawsuits and, and punishment, then you can force people to do whatever you want. And it's okay. That's, that is, that is additional, additional audio from the former high priest of COVID. One Anthony Fauci. Now, what's sad, of course, is that the vast majority of medical professionals professionals have and will continue to tow that line just as they expected the rest of the public to do. If you ask your doctor today what they think about the newest COVID boosters, all you'll get from them is whatever the College of Physicians has ordered them to say, not what they actually believe to be true. So it's not about doing what's best for people. It's not about offering the informed consent medical care and allowing people to make the decision. No, it's about exposing their, as Fauci said, their BS integrity and their BS arguments for conscience and religious freedom and rights. 
and just making them bend to the will of the medical tyrants. So how about we expose a little bit more corruption, shall we? According to Rebel News, much of the money paid out by the federal government for compensation for COVID jab injuries has been absorbed by a consulting firm. Because if there's one thing that the federal government excels in, it's wasteful spending and making sure that their buddies get rich off the backs of our tax dollars. Quote, the unredacted documents show that from 2021 until 2026, when the program is anticipated to end, more than 60% of the allocated budget will go to the consultancy firm administering the program, Raymond Chabot Grant Thornton Consultancy, Inc. Total budget allocation at the time was $32.3 million, but only $12 million was designated to go to the victims of the, quote, safe and effective, close quote, narrative. The other $20.3 million will go to RCGT, that's the consultancy firm. However, as of December 1st, 2023, more than $11.2 million has been paid out to claimants, according to the VISP website, making this program way over budget, close quote. There's another thing our federal government's really, really good at, going in hard over budget. The Springer Nature Group has released a peer-reviewed paper titled, quote, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, lessons learned from the registrational trials and global vaccination campaign, close quote. This is from their conclusion. Pay attention to this. Quote, for the, for the vast majority of adults under the age of 50, the perceived benefits of the mRNA boosters are profoundly outweighed by their potential disabling and life-threatening harms. Potential harms to older adults appear to be excessive as well. Given the well-documented SAEs and unacceptable harm-to-reward ratio, we urge governments to endorse and enforce a global moratorium on these modified mRNA products until all relevant questions pertaining to casualty, Residual DNA and aberrant protein production are answered. Close quote. This is a is an honest, scientifically sound, and reasonable response to everything we know about COVID and the jabs. And by the way, in case you haven't been paying attention, this is the exact same position that the Surgeon General in the state of Florida has taken. He also has called for an end of all of these jabs and boosters because there's far too much damage and the benefit is not outweighing the cost and there's more going on than it seems. So that's a reasonable response. But do you know what the exact opposite of all of those things is? Well, that would be Bill S-209 in Canada. And what is Bill S-209, you might ask? Well, it is an act respecting Pandemic Observance Day because the status scientists in their religious system also have their holy days. So while you have people in the federal government saying that Christmas represents white supremacy and religious intolerance, and we need to excise Merry Christmas from our vocabulary, we still need religious days. So we need pandemic observance day. Now this bill has passed in the Senate and it is currently under consideration in committee in the House of Commons. Here's the bill in its totality. Whereas, 
On March 11, 2020, the World Health Organization characterized the coronavirus disease epidemic as a global pandemic, whereas March 11, 2021 was designated by order in council on March 8, 2021, and by proclamation on March 31, 2021, as a national day of observance to honor those who have died of COVID-19, to recognize those working on the front lines, and to acknowledge COVID-19 serious effects on the health of Canada's population, whereas it is important to acknowledge the multidimensional effects of the pandemic on every person in Canada, whereas this pandemic has worsened the various forms of inequality in Canada and has had a disproportionate impact on the vulnerable people within society and members of historically disadvantaged groups, and whereas it is fitting that March 11th of each year be officially designated as Pandemic Observance Day in order to give the Canadian public an opportunity to commemorate the efforts to get through the pandemic, to remember its effects, and to reflect on ways to prepare for any future pandemics. Now, therefore, Her Majesty, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate and House of Commons of Canada, enacts as follows. One, this act may be cited as the Pandemic Day Act. Two, throughout Canada, in each and every year, the 11th day of March be known as Pandemic Observance Day. Close quote. What a bunch of garbage. I don't know if, if you were paying attention to that or if you began vomiting spontaneously and, and started having a seizure on the floor. Maybe you've awoken, you're listening to this later. Maybe you just fast forwarded. Maybe you tuned out because you were tired of all the Marxist post-colonial scientist status drivel, but let me just highlight this for you. They seem to care about those working on the front lines, except for those who were let go because they wouldn't take an experimental jab, even though they probably had COVID at least once because they worked for the first year and a half without any jab. So that's nonsense. They have to bring up the Marxism, historically disadvantaged groups, those who are vulnerable, especially old people who were d done dirty by because they locked them in long-term care facilities and put sick people there and wouldn't let them go to hospitals. So they created the problem. It was the state that created this problem. And they also have to remind us about future pandemics. Just so you know, people, it's, it's, it's not going away, they're saying. There's other big, scary viruses coming down the pike. So this is how we respond in Canada. Rather than saying we need to put a stop to this and we need to do some serious research, our Canadian Senate says we need to have Pandemic Observance Day every year because we can't let people forget. We can't let people forget. Apparently not. Well, let's wrap up the news with some medical and religious news. One of the consequences of COVID mandates was the firing of qualified medical professionals because of their integrity and conscience beliefs. The other thing that we saw that many people took early retirement, especially nurses and even doctors. They couldn't deal with the nonsense. They also didn't want to be forced to take a jab, and so they decided to get out early, which I understand. And one of the other dirty secrets about COVID that a lot of people don't know about that was revealed to me by an emergency room nurse is that many of the shortages we saw in hospitals were because public health hired and absorbed many nurses to do their Gestapo dirty work. Right, If you came back from traveling and you had a public health official meet you at the border or the airport and ask you questions about ArriveCan or the public health officials that were on the phone calling you to make sure you were quarantining. 
a lot of these people are nurses that were poached from hospitals. So all of this comes together and creates a shortage of workers in hospitals, which led to the closure of hospitals entirely, or simply, as I saw in the area where I used to live, emergency departments and, and other departments were closed altogether. Well, one hospital in particular is feeling it now. This is from the Toronto Star. Quote, the growing shortage of doctors and nurse practitioners is hitting full force in Sault Ste. Marie, where a major medical center is cutting 10,000 patients loose at the end of May. The group health center issued an open letter warning patients whose primary care providers have recently retired or left their practices will have to seek treatment elsewhere. Close quote. 10,000 patients. 10,000 patients in this one hospital. Unbelievable. But what else would we expect? Delayed cancer screenings, necessary surgeries pushed back. Do we really think that the medical establishment is actually concerned with the health and well-being of Canadians? Of course not. That's why we need to be responsible and take responsibility for our own lives and for our own family. This is why we have to do whatever's necessary to make sure, please, if there's any bit of advice I could give you in this area, and I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a doctor, don't come to me if you break your arm, I'm not going to be able to fix it. But what I will say is, it would be wise for you, dear listener, to do everything in your power to ensure that you you absolutely do not have to go to the hospital, go see doctors, unless it is completely necessary and you need to do everything you can to mitigate that on the front end, which means you need to make sure that your immune system is bolstered as much as it can be, taking vitamin D, vitamin C, have a little bit of vitamin I available as well, just in case, if you know what I mean, I don't want to say it, just in case someone breaks down the door and arrests me for misinformation, but do whatever you need to do. This is why personal health is important. This is why it's important to, again, do everything you can to make sure you're strong on the front end so that you don't have to depend on little things or you, you don't have to depend on the medical establishment for the little things that you should be able to take care of. That's also important why in a community you need mutual care, people who are experts in this area, who are willing to, willing to help. I know at my church there are a few paramedics and nurses who are our go-to people when we're asking about medication, about treatment, about what to do, about how to deal with this. Do that sort of stuff. Don't rely on the medical establishment to save you. Continuing on, the Toronto Star also uh, posted a story, maybe with a little bit of gleeful pride on their front, showing that Canada's doctor-assisted murder program, euphemistically called MAID, is outpacing every other country in the world. That's right, friends. First, we led the way in pre-born baby murders per capita, which might be surprising to hear, but it's true. And now we lead the way in doctor-assisted suicides. Here's a Toronto Star. The number of Canadians ending their lives through medically-assisted death has grown at a speed that outpaces every other nation in the world. As Canada is poised to expand eligibility criteria under medical assistance in dying, legislation, data from all 11 countries where the controversial end-of-life treatment exists shows Canada is the fastest-growing adopter in history, 
and analysis by the Investigative Journalism Bureau at the Toronto Star has found, close quote. Here, by the way, is why you know that the Toronto Star ultimately is a status propaganda rag, and I don't trust anyone from their Investigative Journalism Bureau. The fact that they call it a controversial end-of-life treatment, that is baloney, because that's not what made is. Made, or as they want it, is not just end-of-life treatment. It's people in their 20s and 30s that are terminally ill, and they want it to be people who are depressed, people who are homeless. So they're trying to gaslight you. It's not what that is. It is kill anyone for any reason because it is a death cult that governs the world. It is a death cult that governs our country. Now, when you go to the website, and you can check the link in the description and the show notes, but there's a graph on the website that shows that while most countries who offer this barbaric practice, if we can call it that, most of them have doctor-assisted deaths representing less than 1% of their total deaths. Belgium and Switzerland, between 1% and 2%. Canada, because we have to lead the way in evil, Canada has 4% of our total annual deaths coming from doctor-assisted murder, more than twice as much as any other nation. That number, by the way, if you look at the graph, is trending upwards on a steep curve. And obviously, it'll be more once it's expanded in March, once we'll have any excuse for murdering people for almost any reason, we're going to see that number jump up. And it is deeply, deeply disturbing. It appears that Canada is in lockstep to kill as many innocent people as we can. Now, not everyone agrees with MAID, but many believe that if you don't support these government-funded murders, you shouldn't be eligible for various government grants, according to Joyce Arthur, who's the executive director of Vancouver-based Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada. This is from Rebel News. Quote, Rights include not just reproductive rights, but also LGBTQ rights, racial equality, the right to medical assistance in dying, and other fundamental rights protected under our Charter of Human Rights Codes, quote, wrote Arthur. By the way, I'm just going to step aside from this quote for a second. I didn't realize that the right to murder yourself or someone else was a fundamental right protected under our Charter. I, I didn't read that in, in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I've looked over it. Um, it's not there. Now, they might say, oh, but if you're ending your own life, that's your right. Yeah, the problem is it's still murder. It's self-murder, but it's still murder. It's the taking of innocent life, and that is not protected by the Charter. That is illegal the last time I checked. So back to the article from Rebel News. In her submission to MPs, she, that's, that's Arthur, claims, regardless of the type of work that requests funding, all who oppose MAID should not get subsidies for worker salaries. This is unbelievable stuff. Quote, if it is to mow the lawn, that work gives sustenance to the group's harmful mandate and activities, penned the executive director of the death cult. I added that in. According to Blacklock's reporter, Arthur also comes from the same group that successfully lobbied for the denial of funding to pro-life employers, close quote. So let me let me kind of put that together for you in a nice little package. What this, this demon here believes is that if your church does not agree 
that people should have the right to kill themselves or murder other people in the name of health care, then they should not receive subsidy funding from the government to be able to hire summer workers to cut their grass. Because by cutting their grass, it welcomes more people into the church who will then hear the evil, evil messaging that life is precious and valuable from conception to natural death. This is, this is pretty vile stuff, but th 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 this is what the elites believe. This is what the elites believe. So because this is a religion and because we're having religious discussions here, these are not agnostic, atheistic, irreligious. These are religious discussions. Let's wrap up with some religious news. Now, not too long ago, and we covered this, Pope Francis said that it was okay to bless sodomite unions. Now, it sent shockwaves in the Roman Catholic Church world. Many came out, including on my own social media post, saying, he was saying the people can be blessed, but not the union, and there's this distinction to be made. Now, anyways, Pope Francis has doubled down on his position because, after all, he's the Marxist Pope. This is from LifeSite News, which I will remind you is a Roman Catholic organization that would agree with me on their assessment of Marxist Pope Francis. Quote, the pontiff doubled down on the arguments both he and Fernandez have respectively made in the document and in their subsequently brief comments on it, stating that the blessing of two people together is not meant to condone the fact of the two people being together, whatever that means, by the way. Quote, I would like to emphasize briefly two things. This is from the Pope. The first is that these blessings, outside of any liturgical context and form, do not require moral perfection to be received. The second, that when a couple spontaneously approaches to ask for them, one does not bless the union, but simply the people who together made the request. Not the union, but the people. Of course, taking into account the context, the sensitivities, the places where people live, and the most appropriate ways to do it, close quote. So, by the way, in principle, this would be the same as saying the following. A man is a murderer. He commits that sin regularly. He's come to a priest looking for a blessing. Now, Father, bless me, please. Now, he's unwilling to repent of his murder. And he doesn't plan on stopping murdering. But he wants to be blessed by the priest. And, and so the, the priest would say, well, I'm not condoning what you're doing. And even though you're unrepentant and have basically said that you plan on continuing in your murderous bloodlust, yes, I will bless you. I will bless you. So this is why, friends... Scripture alone must be the only infallible rule for faith and doctrine. Because this is what we read in Psalm chapter 5, verses 4 to 6. Quote, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man, close quote. What, what are we saying here? God will not bless the evildoer who persists in their unrepentance and evil. That's the point here. You do not have a world 
where you can continue in your unrepentant sodomy and expect the Lord will bless you as an individual. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That is not what God has clearly revealed in his word. You must turn from your sin, repent of your sin, commit to obedience, and this is where the Lord's blessing is received. Not sinlessness. It's not as if the Lord will only bless you if you're sinless, but a heart that is committed to the Lord, though it sins, it returns to him in faith and repentance and obedience. That is the only heart. That is the only person that the Lord will bless. Finally, in the UK, apparently some police officers believe that you're not allowed to sing songs to the Lord in public outside of church property unless you have a special letter from the church. Uh, religion you're allowed to do anywhere. No, miss, you're not allowed you are, to sing ch uh, you are. Songs, church you are. songs outside of church grounds, by the way. You're not allowed to sing church songs outside, outside of church, or church uh, songs or uh, church you're not allowed grounds. To, that's fine. That's you're not allowed. She just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have a Unless That's you've been authorized no, no. by the church to do this kind of song. Are you saying that you don't care about the Human Rights Act? So I just, I have to poke here a little bit. Um, to anyone who continues to believe in either the nonsensical myth of neutrality or the, the aberrant theological position known as two-kingdom theology, not what Martin Luther was talking about in the Reformation, right, which, which can be unpacked, but I mean this new kind of radical two-kingdom theology. When the pagans who hate you, who hate God, and who hate, you free, hate your freedoms believe the same thing as you, you believe the wrong thing. Okay, can we just be clear about that? They believe what you believe, which is the church thing, stay in the church. Don't bring it in the public. Don't bring it in the culture. Don't bring it outdoors. It just stays in the church, on church grounds. That's what they believe. Now, they also believe that their religion needs to continue to encroach on the church. We've just read that you shouldn't, you shouldn't receive subsidy unless you believe in the statist medical ghoulish lies. So they have no problem saying keep the church in the church while they expand their kingdom. And then you have two kingdom fools, sorry, two kingdom fools who will say, yeah, keep the church in the church. We don't get into the culture. While the culture and this evil godless ideology continues to encroach on you. This is, this is why worldview matters. And this is why we need to poke holes in the inconsistencies. And again, when the pagan freedom-hating God-haters say the same thing as you in terms of your Christian activity, you're wrong. And it's time to change what you think. Now, I would be, I'd be shocked by what, we're, what we just heard in the UK, except the fact that our own police officers blindly followed orders to assault peaceful protesters and trample on indigenous grandmothers. Why? Because they were told to. That's why. Just the other day, I don't know if you've seen this on social media, for the two-year anniversary of the Freedom Convoy arriving in Ottawa, officers were there, many officers, by the way, ticketing people. Why? For waving flags and having signs. And signs that were placed in the ground were actually removed by officers and not given back, which kind of sounds like the illegal seizure of one's property. You know, it's funny. I um, I don't remember seeing that when the pro-Hamas protesters were on Parliament Hill just months ago, when they were saying, we don't care about you and you don't care about us, government, 
and we're going to wave our flags and call for the genocide of Jewish people. I don't remember officers there confiscating signs and flags. I guess in Canada, freedom is only protected for special people groups. I guess that's the country we live in. Well, there you have it, friends. You're all up to date. And Lord willing, on Thursday, we'll finally get to examine the events at the annual meeting for world supervillains and antichrists. And that is, of course, the WEF meeting in Davos. We were supposed to do that last week, but then you had the decision from Justice Mosley regarding the invoking of the Emergencies Act, and we had to talk about that. And I want to leave you with this. I actually think that we should be encouraged that our federal government was held accountable. We should be quite encouraged by that. And as a result, we got a little bit of a win in court. This lawsuit was levied quite early on after the Emergencies Act was invoked. There was a favorable decision because we held our politicians' feet to the fire. Now, because of that, our prime hypocrite has been hiding in his bunker. He sent out the B team of Christia Freeland and Pablo Rodriguez to talk about what was going on and say how bad Tucker is. But he hasn't spoken about this himself because he's terrified to show his face, just like he was when the protesters showed up in Ottawa. David Lametti resigned in disgrace. His ex-account deleted, probably because he was the he was the scapegoat. He was the one upon whom the curse was placed and then sent out to go into the wilderness, though he's landed where I can only imagine is an exceptionally cushy job with this law firm. But the point is this. The enemies of freedom in Western culture hate the truth. And so what do they do when we pursue truth and justice righteously, sincerely, diligently, not backing down? Yeah, they try to ratchet up the tyranny, but when they see we're not going away, when they see that we continue to push for freedom and justice and for the advancement of God's kingdom, what do they do? They flee. That's what they do. They flee, they hide away, they don't show their face, they lie, they're let go of, someone's on the chopping block. So be encouraged. Be encouraged by this, friends. Be encouraged. I want to read something from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says this, quote, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Close quote. If we do not give up. If we remain faithful as husbands and fathers, as mothers, as wives, in creating godly homes and raising godly children's children, children's as I sound like an old Italian immigrant there, the children's is so children. If we are committed to our local church in faithfulness, using the gifts that God has built, given us to build a strong Christian culture, and then we engage in the culture, we got to get the order right. Don't engage in protest if your home's a mess. Don't engage in the political realm if you don't love your wife well. Don't try to change the world out there when 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 your kids are disobedient little wretches. No, get your home in order first. Get yourself in order first. Get your life in order first. And then engage. And keep doing it. And be faithful. And if we do, the promise from God is that we will reap in due season. In due season, the blessing of God will come for obedience. It will come for those who are faithful to him. And so do not be discouraged. Do not be disheartened, friend. Keep at it. Pursue the Lord. Don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. That's the news for today. 
Until next time, Galatians 5.1. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.